what is up, y'all? It's been Hi. a minute. It has. It literally has been a while. It's been a hot minute. Packing, uh, like unpacking all my stuff to record, and I was like, I packed that. I put that. I cleaned my room a while ago and put everything away. I had to find everything again. It was literally over a month ago because it was. It was about a month <laughs> ago because it was the day before the film festival started. Oh um, yeah. And I finished that film festival, worked for two more weeks, and then quit that fucking job. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as you should. Girl, bust your way out of that com- that fucking job. You know. So we're we're out here job searching, girl bossing. Slay. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Uh, I've been watching a lot of Sunny recently. Because my mom my mom recently got Hulu uh, with no ads, so I feel okay to watch Hulu now. <laughs> my ADHD can't watch Hulu with ads because the ads are so long and so repetitive that it just, like, it makes me forget what I'm watching. It's the same three ads every time, and it's, Always. like, four-minute chunks. It's insane. But I've been watching lots of Sunny, and... It comes out December 2nd, right? Yeah, because as of right now, when we're recording this, it is November 20th. You know, we're creeping up on when this episode needs to get posted. But, you know, we that's why we pre-recorded all the other ones, so that we could drop them. That's why we could take a month off, is because we stocked the hell up. Yes, we, live we on did. Edge. Also, the uh, Sunny Boys are coming for our brand. They just started a podcast now, a trio podcast. They started a podcast and then immediately got to number two on the comedy podcast chart. And the Workaholics podcast is like nowhere near. <laughs> Maggie Lawson and Timothy Almason uh, started a Psych Rewatch podcast, and oh they already God. have two episodes out. I'm like, ah, yes, but this is our podcast. This is a shameless recap podcast. And we've been around longer than they have. <laughs> yes, we have. We're going on, March will be two years, so we're, oh we're like a year God. and a half. <laughs> what the absolute fuck? <laughs> what the F? Damn. Yeah. We started in March of 2020. What the F for real? Holy shit. Because, Lena, you've been with us for about a year, right? Uh, permanently, yes. But I was a guest on, like, on episode Like three. Nine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it-, it was, I think it was Mickey's first episode you were on. No, I think it was when, maybe. But I th- I think my first episode was when they, was when they hooked yeah, up. Yeah. The uh, yeah. It was their up. first hookup. Yeah, because I remember, like, I texted you being like, hey, dude, I- like, you have to be here. And I was like, I have to be here. <laughs> and you were like, um, I want this episode, this episode, and this episode. And now you're every episode. Oh, yeah. I remember I was, I was fucking claiming episodes. Because I was, like, getting ahead of the other guest stars. So, yeah, we're at a year and nine months-ish right now. Woo! Fucking crazy bonkers insane. Oh, my God. We're out here doing this. And we're in season four. We're, we're almost halfway into season four. Um... I'm I'm so excited. I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited. This episode is big, you guys. This one? This episode's huge. So yeah, this is a Shameless Recap Podcast. The, this is the luck we had. We are your hosts. My name is Amanda. My name is Evan. My name is Lena. And we are in season four, episode five of the Showtime series, Shameless. Ugh. <laughs> Jaw drop. Episode 405, There's the Rub. There's the Rub. I just sometimes the sometimes the episode titles I'm just like I love their stupid little jokes in the episode well, and titles. It's like, it, works. Mm-hmm. it works. Like, but then it's like it's relevant. But then you get the enjoyment of like when you're watching a movie and you're like, that's the name of the movie. The <laughs> oh, when they say yeah, it. when they yeah. say it, you're like, oh, that's the name of it. They said it. <laughs> 
And once again, the notes this week were done by the lovely and talented Lena. Woo! This formatting, we love it. But we haven't discussed it. Lena, do you want to do the narrating or do you want me to do the narrating? What do you want to do? Um, I don't know because you're going to do the next one. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Iron City. What do you guys think? It's up to you because we're recording two episodes in one day. That's what we're strategizing right now. Oh, yeah. I forgot we're doing that. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think maybe... Well, it's like if I do this one and then I get a break while you do the other one. Okay, Perfect. yeah. Um, that, could be, that could be good. So yeah, l- like we said, we've been taking turns. We've been spreading out the duties of the podcast right now. We might be working on some behind the scenes other things to bring you more content <gasps> in the future. We have to talk about that while we're on the phone today because we have to talk through the logistics of this one because yeah. now that I put the idea in my head, I'm like, no, we have to talk. About yeah. It. So, so look out for future announcements. But one of the big announcements that we just recently put out was Lena's gorgeous stickers. Sexy stickers. Thank you. We've already gotten some DMs and some emails about it, and we've been alerted. We've got people's addresses. Evan is on it and is going to ship those stickers yes, out. Yes, I am on it. And we're so excited. That new that design is gorgeous, sexy, beautiful. It's so beautiful. sexy. Like, look Thank at you. it on my water bottle. I'm so obsessed with it. I love Thank it you. so Thank much. You. I can't wait to have it in my little hands. I'm so excited. But yeah, the, look out in the future. You know, there might be some more, some more things, some more content and such coming from us. But today... Today we're like I'm so fucking excited for these two episodes in particular. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna be fuming off of this one to go right into the next one. Yeah, well, because they're they're basically a pair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's like you have to watch both. This is the first time we've ever done besides like a mini sode and an episode. This is the first time we've done like two episodes in one sitting. Yeah, yeah. I was telling my roommates, I was like, I'm gonna be on the phone for like three hours. <laughs> All right, so like we said, this is season four, episode five. There's the rub. I'll go ahead and give the credentials, and then Lena's going to take over from there. It aired on February 9th, 2014. It was written by Davy Holmes and Lisa Morales, our all-star of season four, Lisa Morales. Davy Holmes, this is his second of seven shameless episodes that he's written. He did 308, Where There's a Will, this one. 410, Liver I Hardly Know Her. 504, A Night to Remember, Wait, What? 511, Drugs Actually. 604, going Once Going Twice. 609, A Yurt of One's Own. All really great episodes. Yeah, I recently just watched 604 because I've just been in 604 six. and 609 are both great. 511 is great too. And uh, his other credits, he's written on Law and & Order and Get Shorty. Very talented. And then Lisa Morales, this is also her second of seven. No, I think she does a... From when I from when I looked it up, I think it was her second of seven. Her second of seven. Uh, she did 403, Like Father, Like Daughter. This one, 406, Iron City. 407, A Jailbird, Invalid, Martyr, Cutter. 407, Hope Springs Paternal. 411, Emily. 412, Lazarus. Oh, she was also a story editor on four episodes in season five, which was 508 through 511, which is excellent. Uh. Tasteful. It's the rise of Carl. Yeah. And she's also written on the show Rosewood. And this episode was directed by David Nutter. This is his third of four shameless episodes he directs. Uh, he did 107, Frank Gallagher, Loving Husband, Devoted Father. 207, A Bottle of Jean Neat. This one. And 706, The Defenestration of Frank. It's a little... Yeah, he took a long break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mostly probably because he was also a director on Game of Thrones, Band of Brothers, Entourage, Supernatural, the pilot and the Wendigo episode. Oh, those are such good episodes. Yeah, I found that out, right? I was literally like, what the? 
What? Oh. Yeah, that was crazy. And the X Files. Oh, there's some stupid bullshit happening at the Supernatural convention this weekend too. But I yeah. the stuff with Jared, I haven't heard right? Of anything yet. There's yeah, there's a special guest at the Supernatural convention, and the special guest is an actor from Walker who was never in an episode of Sh- of Supernatural, and an actor from Walker who is playing Jared's character's gay brother. Uh, guys, I hate to say it, convention culture is evil. Yeah, I went to two Supernatural conventions, and I think. I'm retired. (laughs) If they ever did a shameless convention, I don't think I'd go. I don't think the shameless cast would go. (laughs) I would go go just to throw tomatoes at them. Oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry. Speaking of throwing tomatoes, did you see they added that as a new gift on TikTok Live? You can throw tomatoes at people's lives. Oh my god. No, I deleted TikTok. Yeah, like that's like a gift you can You deleted TikTok? Yeah, jaw drop. Snaps to you. Snaps yeah. to you. I, yeah, I don't have it anymore. I have been taking an extended break because it. my brain stopped working. But um, yeah, yeah, my screen time is like way down. That's good. I my my brain clicked into place yesterday, and I read one an entire book in one sitting because I got it approved on NetGalley. Like, uh, oh yeah. It took me five hours. It was so good. It was Amanda, beautiful. Amanda, your brain is good. so big. <laughs> you love, like, you're such a reader. You're such I really a reader. am. I woke up today and I read a few chapters of another book and I read a chapter of the Million Words Supernatural Enverse fan fiction, which was I love watching your story and seeing how many books you've read in such a short amount of time. And the I'm stack. Like, the stack of books. Yeah. You're like, I finished this one in a month and I'm like, that's six books. <laughs> my sexy, yeah. my sexy little stack. I love my sexy little stack. Follow my Instagram on my my book highlights uh, and you'll see my sexy little stack. This is TV time. This is shameless time. Ah, So true. All right. And you know what? Fucking take it away, Lena. I'm so excited for this. All right. I'm going to apologize to the people ahead of time. I'm not recording in my usual setup, so there might be some echoing. I'm in like a pretty big empty room. I'll do what I can on the edit. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It still might sound a little wonky, but... Um, so the synopsis of this episode, Fiona's bad decisions involving Robbie finally boil over. Frank and Sammy continue their pursuit of curing his liver trouble. Lip gets a surprise visit at college from army investigators. And the previously on was done by Debbie and Lip in the stairwell at the abandoned house Ian is living out, which we'll find out more about later. But strap in, boys and girls, because this episode is wild. It's such a juicy episode. Did I tell you guys that I got locked out of my house while I was taking the notes for this episode? Oh my episode? god! <laughs> Where were you? Like, were you just like out? In my apartment. Oh my god. Well, okay, so we got a cat, and that's that's important for this story. <laughs> um, so I was in the middle of taking the notes for this episode, and my roommates had gone out to get coffee, and some late the lady who lives in the apartment below me came up and started pounding on my door, and I was like, "What's up, girl?" And she was like my my bathroom is flooding like like do, are you doing something and i was like i was like no like what and she was like showing me pictures of the bathroom she was like please like can you call maintenance for me like because english wasn't her first language so she was like please can you call maintenance for me and the cat like ran out behind my feet and like got into the hallway so i was like oh my god and i like i like went from the doorway to pick up the cat and take him back inside and the door shut and our door locks automatically. Oh, no. no. And I had I had no phone and no keys and a cat in my arms and I literally was just like, oh my God. <laughs> um, and then I had to wait out there for my roommates to come home because they didn't even know that I was locked out and I don't know their numbers off the top of my head. But I had to wait for my roommates to come home. I was out there with the cat for like an hour. Oh, oh my God. God. Because especially, it shouldn't have taken them that long to get coffee 
but they like to go on little side adventures. Like they went to Walmart, I think. And so I literally was just like sitting out there with the cat and they didn't know that I was locked out. It was bad. Oh my God, what an adventure while you recapped this this fucking this episode. episode. Right? So just imagine me in the middle in the middle of this episode, I want you to take a pause and I want you to imagine me waiting outside for about an hour, hour and a half with the with a cat in my arms. <laughs> okay, so previously on Shameless. Fiona let Robbie, her boyfriend slash boss's brother, finger her on the train. (laughs) Iconic. Iconic, legendary, beautiful, incredible. Great scene. (laughs) And they continued to fuck in secret. Stan left Kev the alibi in his will, and he owes Stan's son, Alan, money. Mickey liberated the sex workers. Mickey wants to open a rug and tug in the apartment, a rub and tug in the apartment above the alibi. Ian sighting uh, with a throwback to season three, I want to enlist. Um, Ian used Lip's identity to then enlist in the army and off he went. Carl broke Frank's leg for insurance money. Frank let it slip that Sammy is his daughter and she went ballistic, but they made up. Lip wants to drop out, but Kev sets him straight. So we go right into the title sequence. And then this is, I literally wrote, this is big, you guys. I like this episode episode is big. big. Until you texted me, you're like, wait a minute, this episode is huge. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I watched it. I was like, holy shit, this episode is huge. Holy shit, this episode is huge. huge. Like, this is big. Every scene is a worthwhile scene. Uh, I will tell you that one. There's not a single scene that doesn't matter. So we open on Fiona driving through the winter weather to a motel. It's super aesthetically pleasing. And she's there to meet Robbie. He wants he wants to fuck her in the motel. He's like, oh, rooms by the hour, it's more fun that way. But she holds her ground and she tells him off, says that <laughs> she has a great line here. She's like, you only call me when I'm with Mike. You only text me when I'm with Mike. Why don't you just cut out the middleman so, and fuck your brother? <laughs> <laughs> um, and she says, I don't know why it took me this long to start hating myself, but I got there and it's a shitty feeling. That's a great Fiona line. And then she walks away for real. Yeah, she walks away. She gets in her car and drives the fuck away. Mm-hmm. And it's the end of Robbie, or so we think. Um, on to Lip, reading in his dorm room. He's in the middle of a very intense study session. Like, he literally has a sign on the door that's like, no distractions. <laughs> he keeps looking up from his book at the sign, no distractions. Looks down at his book, looks up, no distractions. Well, it's like, it's like his door is open, because like, that's what you do in a residence hall. You just kind of like, for people to pop in. But on the door, he wrote, like, on the sign on the open door, he wrote no distractions, <laughs> like, for other people in the hallway to know. Um, but he's got to use the bathroom first. Um, so he goes to See, no, I think he, I think he went to the bathroom. So he's like, I'm going to lock myself in the stall with this book so I can only shit and read this book. That's what I can do in this stall right here. No distractions. I can shit. I can read this book. Right. But also he's like, I went here to shit. <laughs> So in the bathroom, Lip gets comfortable and he starts reading until he's interrupted. The Fort Dearborn military police are there to talk to you him. You just see like this walk up of like from the underneath the stall. <laughs> There's just like two fucking com- like military boots, like those ugly tan ones. The way that they say it and they're like, Philip Gallagher. <laughs> Philip Gallagher. Philip Gallagher. And he's like, who's asking? And they're like, Fort Dearborn military police. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, kind of busy here. Yeah, he politely quote unquote, tells them to fuck off by inviting them to wipe his ass. But then they bust down the stall door thinking that he's the guy that they're looking for, which is illegal. <laughs> like Also, like, like where is he going to go? Like, where where is he going to go? <laughs> and like, also, homeboy's full junk in the trunk is out. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, because he's literally like, I am taking a shit. And they're like, they just fucking bust down the door. They're like, they don't even let him finish. <laughs> 
my God. He didn't get the wipe. They pull him up off of the toilet for real. And then they're confused to see that Lip doesn't match the picture of Lip that they were given. And so they show him a picture of Ian and they're like, do you know this guy? Do you know how he could have gotten a hold of your social? And Lip says, no, that he's never seen him before. And then he asks what they want him for. And they tell him for apparently impersonating Lip, theft of property and going AWOL. Um, so Ian has committed some serious crimes. And this now this is the first piece of information anybody in the family has of where the fuck Ian has been this entire time. How long is this entire time? Who knows? Who knows? Shameless doesn't know. And I think, doesn't Lip ask, like, what did he try to steal? And he was like, a helicopter. <laughs> he Yeah, he's like, he's like, helicopter, surface-to-air missile, army-issued boxer briefs. And the other guy's like, whoa, we don't need to get into it. <laughs> he's like, shut up. You're getting too heated. You're getting too heated. Yeah, so they tell him that they'll be in touch, and then they leave. Um, Back at the Gallagher house, Frank is showing Sammy around, and she was hopeful to meet her half-siblings, but they're all gone for the day. So Frank suggests that they get on the road and go see the insurance people to find out what his broken leg is. I want to say one thing about Sammy that, like, it's it's a great little thing that the props and costume people did to to symbolize, like, this bitch is trashy. Her purse is a reusable Aldi bag. Like, her purse is just a canvas grocery <laughs> bag. Yeah. Do we know how old Sammy's supposed to be? I don't know if we she's, talked about this before. I'm, I think she's in her 30s, but, like, her her young 30s. Thir- her early 30s. Yeah, I like, think. I think she was pre- Her mom was pre-Monica. Yeah. 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 Well, Monica and Frank were on and off for, like, So while, Frank and Monica met in college, so then, like- Well, because Frank went to college for real- I don't think he graduated, but he went. He went for a yeah. year, I think is what it is. And then when he met Monica is what made him drop out. Because he was he like, I love her adrenaline. So like, I guess she would have had to have been like a high school baby. Because I don't, when we meet Queenie, I don't even think she even says anything. Is Queenie Sammy's mom? Yes. Yeah. And Queenie, Queenie is like. I love her, honestly. She's, she's <laughs> definitely older than Monica. But she's not like by old. like much. I also feel like, I also feel like, let's see, Frank is supposed to be what? Like 50? I feel like 54, I think in this season. Yeah. I feel like Frank had Sammy when he was like kind of young. 18, 19, probably something like that. Yeah. So she's like 30, which would, which would put her in. Yeah. That makes sense. I think, yeah. Frank, Frank had her probably when he was still in high school, but then he says later, like Sammy and him, or Queenie and Frank split because Queenie wanted him to like actually get a job. And stuff. Like this actress is definitely late thirties, early forties. Oh yeah, she oh, was yeah. like twenty-ish when she was in Gilmore Girls, like almost twenty years ago. So what's that actress's yeah. name again? Emily something. But I yeah, always Emily say this, but I saw her on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, Sammy is making herself fucking comfortable in this house, and God, I hate this woman. Um. So then she starts a conversation with Frank about their like connection. And he really doesn't want to talk about like how they almost fucked, but she's like, she's like, we have a connection. She opens up about her daddy issues, how she's been looking for a dad her whole life. And she finally found him, but there's one problem. He didn't come find her because he wanted to. He did it because he saw her as a walking liver. So she says she's going to help him find one, but she really hopes that that's not all she is to him. And he says, no, like he's really grown to like her. And I believe him. Yeah, I believe him too because he he admits he's like, yeah, no. At first, you were a walking organ farm. Like that's that's what I wanted from you. But like, yeah, it's those little moments of sincerity of Frank that seep through. He's like, no, but wait a minute, I actually do kind of care about you now. And I think it's because it's at 
it's like one of the first times in a while that he's getting shown love by like one of his kids and because he's been such a dick to everyone else and i think he even goes to show he was like i already fucked up with the other ones i can start new with you or something like that well because he he does say to carl uh later in this episode like sammy is my last chance to get it right and then isn't he go like what about liam (laughs) no carl's like what about me (laughs) yeah like because carl is one of the only kids still loyal to frank but i i mean i think he likes her because she's just like him and she actually likes him plus like frank goes through like a character change this season because he thinks that he's on the verge of dying so, like, sometimes he actually treats his loved ones like loved yeah. ones. It actually seems genuine for once. So then in the Cup World break room, Fiona deletes the text from Robbie. And, like, I noticed that this was just, like, a prop issue. She only has, like, five text chains in her messages. Two random people that we've never heard of. V, Robbie, and Debbie. Not even Mike. Not Lip. Like, nobody. Like, like, like literally no one, like huge oversight by like whatever department would handle this, like editors or prop people. I feel like phones and television are never anything you should pay attention to, especially going back to season 10 with that whole, um, was it season 10 or season 11? Debbie and, um, Sandy thing with Sandy's phone, how you saw all the pre-done messages while she was talking. We were like, they didn't say that. They said that five minutes ago. Yeah, it, yeah, whatever, but huge oversight. So Mike walks in and tells Fiona that he's planned something for her birthday, which I think is the next day. Yeah. It's, um, and she tries to guess like dancing and skydiving, but he just implies that he's taking her out to dinner. Speaking of intimate getaways though, dinner with his mom. Um, she wants to have Fiona over for a dinner with the family or really just like Fiona and Mike, Mike's parents and Robbie. Yeah, because he had sisters that we've seen once and that we never see again. We see her. Yeah, he has he has one. Yeah, sister. we see her one more time, like right after Fiona's she bullshit. she tells Fiona. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. But um, do do we assume that Robbie orchestrated this dinner? Because I don't think they ever go to say. No, I really think Fiona's mom, or I really think Mike's mom, like wants to organize this. Yeah. But I think Robbie, like it was more just like Robbie is just like hey, like, I'm in town, so, like, I could come. Yeah. Like, hey, dinner? And they weren't they weren't going to say no, but I think, like, ideally, they probably just wanted it to be, like, the parents and Fiona and Robbie. Because it's not, or, and Fiona and Mike. Because it's not even for, like, Mike's birthday where it would make sense that Robbie was there. Yeah. It's for Fiona's yeah. birthday. So, anyway. Outside the alibi, Kev is in a heated argument with the head of a construction project happening on the sidewalk. He's complaining that the proximity of the construction to the bar is going to make a lot of people think they're closed, and he really needs the money from business. He asks how long it's going to be torn up, like a day or two, and the guy says six or seven weeks. And this, I love this interaction. He's like, the, I have a bar. I, I depend on on walk-ins at my bar, and, and you can't tell that I have a bar. Like, he's so frustrated. Well, because he's like, your guy said that the scaffolding was to check the building for cracks, so why are you tearing up the sidewalk? <laughs> and the guy's just like, I don't know. There's like, <laughs> and they're, he's just standing there, like, no emotion, just like, I don't know. He's great. Because every construction project has one guy to dig a hole and then three guys to watch that guy dig a hole. Like <laughs> I remember later, I remember later Kev like makes a comment with that and he, he looks at the guy in the hole and he's like, he's like, you, you get to come in for a free beer after your shift. The rest of you get to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think it's in like a like the next couple episodes that he says that. Yeah. So it's arts and crafts time at the Gallagher house. Uh, in the living room, Debs is collaging to cope with being dumped by Maddie. And Carl is checking his pit hairs with a mirror. <laughs> Lip comes in and the kids are like really excited to see him at suit. They're like, oh my God, Lip, like 
you're home. Sheila comes out to greet him in like full Native American costume. <laughs> I love her, but oh. She's like, she's got like braids and there's like feathers in her hair. And yeah. Yeah. Um, She's there to babysit. And Fiona said it was okay for Sheila to have Roger running tree over for their date. So she's setting up for their dinner. I will say, I think Sheila is trying to appreciate, not appropriate. Yeah, because she's yeah. like, she said she's yeah. like 13%. An, is it a nominee? Menominee. She says she she's like, my grandma was raped by a Menominee Indian. So I'm like. But girl, that's, that's not she's how like that She's like 116. She's like, she's like 116 or 132nd or something like that. And she's whatever. But it's, I think Sheila like thinks that she is discovering this whole new thing about herself. So she's like, oh, let me embrace this side of me. Like, girl, you could be 1000% wrong. She's like, I'm dressing as my people. And I'm like, oh, Sheila. Sweet little Sheila. Yeah. Um. So Lip asks the kids if they've heard from Ian or the army. And they say they haven't heard from Ian for weeks. And then they're like, fuck the army. Flashback though, like right in the middle of the scene, the army came by the house to look for Lip. And Carl answered the door and told them that he was at college. And then slammed the door in their face. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, they're like, they're like, does Philip Gallagher live here? And Carl's like, he's at college. And he just closes, <laughs> closes the fucking door on them. Back to the present time. The kids didn't know that Ian enlisted. And Debbie asks if he's even old enough. Obviously not. Uh, and Lip tells them what the soldiers told him about Ian's crimes. And Debbie asks if Fiona knows. Lip says, no, he doesn't want to tell her over the phone. But Debbie says that Fiona doesn't always come home, so it might not be a guarantee that he'll be able to tell her later that day. So Lip leaves to go ask around about Ian. This I'm like this is the start of like the search for Ian, and I fucking love it's it's the start of Lip taking control in the house. It's Lip coming back from college, and he's like, okay, and now this enormous responsibility that he literally gets dragged out of a bathroom stall in college. It's like, wait a minute, there's a huge responsibility you now need to attend to, and it <laughs> throws him back into the family. Right, like he was really trying to like work together with Fiona, but then Debbie was like she doesn't always come home. Like, she's kind of out of here. It was, like, such a blatant, like, he is buckling down. He is taking school seriously. He is finally on a good track. Hey, never mind. He's actually got to go search for Ian. Hey, go find your brother. (laughs) He literally gets yanked off the toilet to attend to Family Matters. (laughs) Relatable. Um, At Lou, the lawyers, she is photographing Frank for the insurance company. And Alex Borstein looks awesome she looks she looks great in this episode she praises frank for his hard work and walks him through how they'll get the money the only problem is that the check won't come for 16 months and frank doesn't have that kind of time but they don't have a choice side note here frank is wearing like a henley shirt and it looks it looks so cozy like best shirt okay best shirts ever for real yeah no like the waffle oh yeah Yeah. i have a waffle shirt on right now i'm so that's the henley they're fucking best shirts ever i was wearing that shirt yesterday i don't know what brand (laughs) i was wearing one yesterday too i wear them all the time best shirt ever hi mickey it's mickey Mickey. oh wait it's mickey it's mickey time yeah 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 lip is walking around the neighborhood when he spots mickey drinking on his porch Oh, the turtleneck sweater. It's like the over-the-shoulder shot, just looking at Mickey's profile, looking down at Lip on this pavement in his fucking sad sweater with his paper bag beer. Oh, God. His 40, and he's just leaning up against, like, the doorpost on the porch. It's cold outside. He needs another layer. But it's like he's drinking outside to escape his fucking Svetlana and the girls inside. Yeah. Um, And Lip stops to talk to him, and Mickey says that Mandy isn't home. That's good, says Lip, because he came to talk to Mickey. Mickey is wearing a sad sweater. <laughs> Hashtag sad sweater. 
hashtag sad sweater. Lip asks if Mickey has heard from Ian and Mickey says no. And why should I give a shit? Because I just worked with the guy. And then the moment, like the moment of Lip going like, come on, come on, you're going to make me spill it. And like, that's Mickey going like, oh, fuck, he told Lip. Like, he literally goes, he literally goes, you're going to make me spell it out. And Mickey goes, the fuck you getting at? And then Lip's like, nothing. Like, I just, I wanted to know if you've heard. And Mickey, you know, very tells him off and he's like, I haven't heard from him. So Lip concedes, backing off and he says, was that so hard? And as he goes, Mickey calls after him. Is he in trouble? What kind of trouble? Yeah, it's 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 like the silence in that scene. That's the what is not said in that scene says so much. Mm-hmm. Like Lip going like, yeah, no, I know the thing. I'm not gonna say out loud that I know the thing, but I'm gonna let you know that I know the thing. And he doesn't even just say anything else. And Mickey knows exactly what that is. Boyfriend moment. And then Mickey, even when Mickey asks, "Is he in trouble?" Lip doesn't answer. He's like, "He in trouble?" And Lip's non-answer is an answer. And then Mickey's like, "What kind of trouble?" Like. He cares. He cares so much. God, fuck. Yeah. And Lip goes, I'll let you know when I find out. And he walks away. Um, and the shot on Mickey's, like, worried face as the train runs by is just, like, excellent. It's like, the so good. good. Jeremy and Noel are fucking amazing performers. And when they get to perform in a scene together, mm-hmm. like, like, serious acting, not just, like, the comedic shit that they did in season 11, it's Excellent. It's so good. It's why that fight between them in season 11 was good, because even though it was on the side of comedy, there was enough drama. They were taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It was meaty. Oh, God, I love them. They're they're the best. Big, big things coming for them, I hope. At Robbie's parents' house, they're having a great time cooking and chatting. Fiona's obviously trying to, like, play it cool in front of Robbie, like, try not to be super interested in whatever he's saying or whatever. And Robbie tells a story about a deep-fried turkey experiment gone wrong, but also, like, right because like they burned the guy's house down but then they tried the turkey and he was like it was really good (laughs) (laughs) like it was awesome it was a great turkey best turkey i've ever had oh my god um and robbie asks if mike heard that he was planning to move to portland mike says no and robbie calls his bluff because apparently mike is the one who talked their dad out of giving robbie the money to make that move so there's like major beef Mm -hmm. right now between them it's very tense And their mom tries to shut down the argument. Like, she's like, why are we talking about this when there's a guest here? But it escalates anyway. Um, And the two of them go outside to talk in private. Fiona watches them through the window and sees, like, them arguing. And there's a part, though, when, like, Robbie stops and just points. And then all of a sudden... It's coming. It's coming. (laughs) Um, So Mike's dad accidentally lets it slip that Mike planned to take Fiona out on a boat on Lake Michigan at night for her birthday. But she like kind of can't pay attention because she's watching Mike and Robbie argue. And then like, this is big. And we like, can't hear, we can't hear what Mike and Robbie are saying. We're like, we're seeing what she's seeing. We're hearing what she's hearing. Yeah, we're watching them through the window. Also, what's up with Shameless and Boats? It's, it's, it's cause they're in fucking Chicago, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're on the lake. They, they like the water. In the heat of the argument, Robbie points at Fiona and says something. And then Mike looks over and makes eye contact with her. And he immediately turns and punches Robbie in the face. (laughs) And everyone in the fucking house just gasps. Yeah. Yeah, a a shocked Fiona is left in the kitchen as the parents go out to break up the fight, and Robbie storms out. And Fiona tries to be like, what did you say? But he just leaves, and then she goes outside to talk to... Mike to be like, hey, like everything okay? She's immediately mousy Fiona again. She's immediately like, she's like, I don't hey. know what he said. She she makes herself small. She makes herself small, and and Mike tells her to leave. Yeah. 
Um, which is really sad because she looks awesome in this scene. She looks gorgeous. Season four is Emmy looks so good the whole time. Like it's it's excellent. Yeah, I honestly think that if she had pretended like she didn't see that happen and not made eye contact with Mike, like I feel like Mike would have been like, "You're fucking lying, dude." Yeah, like because he was like, "I had sex with your girlfriend," and Mike would have probably just been like. You asshole, like you're fucking lying. But since she made eye contact with him, it was like, she's paying attention. Yeah, it's because she was watching. It's because she looked worried that he saw in her face. He's like, oh, fuck, he's telling me the truth. Like, oh my God, she's got something to hide. Yeah. And even his parents are like, get out of here. They're they're literally like jaw drop. Back at the house, Sheila is having dinner with Roger. And Frank comes in to retrieve some edibles he left in the freezer. <laughs> Classic Frank. He makes conversation with Roger, though, and then he just, like, plops himself down to chat. And he asks Roger how Indians on the reservation can drink so much but never have to get liver transplants. And Roger says that they use sweat lodges to sweat the toxins out. So he equates being in a sweat lodge to the high of snorting oxy. So Frank is like, oh, oh fuck, fuck yeah, yeah let's yes. go. Like, like, yes, let's do this. <sighs> but then Roger's like, I live in a condo. I No place to build a sweat lodge. So Sheila offers up her front yard, and they decide to do it. I love that, though, because, like, Frank's the guy that like he's so understanding and he like will listen to cultures and stuff but only when it's convenient to him yeah and then he, he like, will turn around and be racist like yeah <laughs> yeah at the alibi V is watering down Jack with water while Kev makes a sign for the customers to know they're still open despite this construction and it says come c-u-m this way <laughs> and v, V's like that's not how you spell come and he's like really like and he puts <laughs> he puts it on the back door <laughs> he does he puts it on the back door alan walks in and demands his rent money and kev doesn't have money and alan but like i'm confused because i'm like alan isn't losing any money he's just not getting an extra 500 a month yeah so like he's so mad about but it's not like he put any money into yeah. the alibi he never like he foot. was just supposed to be left it. i think it's just an on principle thing like residual anger left over from his fucking dad he's like fuck you the very least i wanted was my 500 a month from this goddamn shithole yeah. and, right yeah. but it's like but it's like damn cut him a break but he says that they have until tomorrow to get him the thousand dollars that they owe him from the past two months and V says, is he threatening us? And Kev says, yeah, he's going to beat us to death with his limp wrist. Oh, oh. Kevin, Kevin! Kevin! You're supposed Kevin. to be an ally. <laughs> he made You're me laugh, though. supposed to be an ally! He made me laugh, though. I literally was like, Kevin! He makes up for it in Emily. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> when, he, when he gives me that little wink. wink. Um. So back at the Gallagher house in the boys' room, Debbie and Lip are looking through Ian's stuff for clues about where he is. I'm like, what the F? Ian reads manga. They're like, they're like messing with his like comic books and and like he's got like manga and stuff. And I'm literally he like, is a 16 year old boy. Of course he has manga. <laughs> manga. Well, but it's like it's it's so Ian. Of course he like watches anime. Yeah. Of course he fucking watches anime. He's a nerd. Fiona says he stole a oh, Debbie. That doesn't sound like Ian. And it's like that's right, Debbie. So why is it that when he comes back, everyone's like he's normal and he acts so shocked when he goes into a depressive episode it's like he fucking stole a helicopter yeah. two seconds yeah. ago something is wrong with him homeboy's on the run i feel like even before lip and debbie see him in this episode the minute that lip like finds out what ian's been doing he's like lip knows it trips a wire and lip's mind is like oh he's in a manic spiral that's what's happening well, right it's now like, and i I get that they have to worry about Fiona and Liam first because of everything that starts to go down. But it's like, what? you guys act all shocked when he goes into a depressive episode. Like, they're all like, 
They're what? like, this is so out of left field. This is so weird. He's been acting so normal recently. Like, no, he hasn't. Even Lip and Mickey, like, kind of, like, share a glance in the one scene where Ian's talking about World of War, like, video games. And they even, they both kind of share, like, a look where they're like, something's wrong with him. He's like, game, do you game? And he's like, yeah, World of Warcraft. He was like, I want to yeah. go into, like, so video like, game, yeah. video game designing. And they're like. They just, like, look at each other, and then they don't talk about it at all. Like, communication would go so far. Lip is the only one that, from the jump, was like, oh, I know what's happening here. Like, wheels were turning in Lip's mind, like, right away. But he just didn't have time or the or the space to deal with it. So he just like, I'm yeah. gonna wait and see what happens with that. And I feel like even Debbie kind of notices, but she's more just, like, Debbie's passionate about it. Well, because she, no, not like that, but she's literally, like, so shocked that she's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, because it's also, like, if you, I mean, it's totally a thing, though, when people, like, go out on their own for a little bit, and then they come back, and they're like, I'm changed. <laughs> like, I am a different person. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, I can see how they would be like, oh, he, like, had some sort of, like, experience, but it's like, no, girl, mental illness. So they're still looking through Ian's stuff, and he opens an army magazine to find a collection of gay porn, <laughs> unsurprising. Yeah. Homeboy had his last porn in a Manila Ford folder. We can't expect yeah. much from him. <laughs> with the with the boobs all over it. It's like, dude, obviously they're gonna want to open it. Manila with there's boobs, boobs on, on the front. <laughs> like they think that there's naked women in there. Debbie offers to help Lip look for Ian after school tomorrow, and Lip suggests that Debbie talk to Mandy for him. He tells her about how they fought the last time they saw each other, and Debbie asks if they had sex, and he says, "Yeah, but it wasn't a big deal." Lip says that the problem was that feelings, everything else got involved. And Debbie's confused. How can sex be so important at one point, but also mean nothing? Hmm, Debbie, um, maybe listen to your own words. And it's almost like you're so young that you don't understand s- sex as a concept. And maybe you shouldn't be having it because you're 13. Well, I think she's just getting like mixed signals because she's like, you're here saying that sex is like can be meaningless. It means nothing. How come Maddie is saying to me that sex means everything? Yeah. Like she's getting mixed signals. But really slick, cool transition to Robbie opening the door of his apartment only to get bopped in the face by Fiona. <laughs> I love that shot. She, she beats on him a little bit. Yeah. She just fucking punches him and then you, she wails on him with her. She kicks him really hard and stuff. Yeah. It's like she, I love, he opens the door and she's like, punch, what'd you tell Mike? And he like, doesn't get a word out. And she's like, kicking the balls. What'd you tell Mike? He's like, nothing. And she, and he's like, no, he's like, he's like, he deserved to know the truth. He did deserve to know he the did, truth. He did, but like, did. fuck him. But not like that. Not like that. Uh, not like that. Anyway, she spits in his face. Um, after beating on him a little bit and then she leaves. Girl boss. Back at the Milkovich house, Mick- Mickey is in his boxers eating cereal. While one of the while the prostitutes like congregate in the living room, <laughs> and Mandy comes back from the bathroom to find one of the girls giving Kenyatta a blowjob, and there's a full frontal shot of Kenyatta's dick as he knocks Mickey over while running from Mandy, and he goes, "Hey, you mind not swinging that shit around? You'll fucking hurt someone." <laughs> but it's like really gratuitous nudity, nudity here. She was like, "I was gone for fifteen fucking minutes." Yeah, with a hammer in her hand, chasing after him. Like, is she gonna? Hit him with a hammer? And then she was like, yeah. I need these, like, whores out of here. Yeah, she threatens Mickey with the hammer and says that she wants the girls out as soon as possible. So Mickey makes a call. On the other side of the call, Kev picks up the phone and tells Mickey that he's in for the rub and tug, but he has to tell V. So he hangs up to talk to V about it. And I, like, really great transition because it's like, Mickey's having an issue. He makes a call. Kev picks up the call. They talk. Kev hangs up. We stay with Kev. 
for the aftermath of that call. Yeah. Like, that's such a cool scene. Like, end a Mickey scene. That's that's all we needed from him. And it's like, what happened to transitions like this, guys? Come on. Right? Let's then they just up. turned into, like, a sitcom and never used a steady cam ever again. Yeah. For real. <laughs> so he pitches the idea to V. And he's, like, so convincing and passionate. And he, like, wants to provide for his babies. He has this, like, whole monologue. And then V is like, damn, I was going to say yes anyway. Like, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Get these bitches tugging. Let's do it. Like, let's go, girl. <laughs> At Sammy's trailer home, Frank is spending the night. Charlie. Chuck- Charlie. Sorry. <laughs> Charlie. I got always sunny on the mind. Always sunny on the mind. Chucky. Some, some days are harder than others. It's okay. Um, Chucky climbs into bed with them and lands right on Frank. And I laughed a little. I laughed because he just plops right on him. And Frank's like, oh my God, I'm dying. Somebody liked an old Tumblr post from me yesterday. And it was me saying, this must've been like when season four was airing. It was me complaining about Chucky. I'm like, I have, there's nothing specific that this little kid did to make me hate him, but I just fucking hate him. I just hate him. <laughs> but I liked him for this company. And the three of them go to bed. At the same time, Fiona arrives home to a quiet house and sits on the couch. And then time lapse of like the sun coming up, you know, the nighttime to the daytime. And Fiona is still sitting awake on the couch. And homegirl has been thinking, thinking very hard. In the hallway, Debbie tells Lip that it's not a good time to tell Fiona about Ian because her and Mike broke up last night and she won't want to hear bad news. And it's like, Deb, I get it. But this is news that she needs to know. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, your brother might be back. (laughs) This kid that she is legally responsible for is on the run from the military police. Like, the kid that she ran 12 blocks when when she was, like, six and he had chicken pox and she ran with the two kids. It's like, come on. A little heartbreak ain't gonna stop her. Like, come on. Well, especially because, and we talk about this later, like, literally, we're about to talk about it. She didn't like Mike that much to begin with. Yeah. He was just fine. It was just fine. Yeah. So, in the kitchen, Fiona is calling Mike again and asking if she should come get her stuff from the office because she assumes that she's fired. Lip comes downstairs, or Liam comes downstairs, like, walking in his onesie, and he looks so cutie, and Fiona's like, oh my god, Liam. Uh, v tells Fiona about how Kev was indifferent about the dinner that they had last night after their shift. And she equates the face that Kev made while looking at these like frozen reheated tater tots to how Fiona looks when she talks about Mike. <laughs> She's kind of indifferent about him. Just like a hmm, whatever. And honestly, like true. I know she's freaking out about this breakup because it almost like surely means that she'll lose her job. But she didn't really like Mike much to begin with. She laments more over losing her healthcare benefits than her boyfriend. And honestly, like, true, because, like, healthcare. But it's like, you were in it for the wrong reasons. She's like, oh, we have to get to the dentist. Yeah, like, like she, <laughs> like, Mike was just a little bit of a little extra surprise with her job. Like, it wasn't, like, anything she actively was seeking. She was just like, oh, great job, great benefits, and I get the fuck of my boss. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. like, she's not, like, she's not just, like oh my God, like my boyfriend, like we broke up and like, it's so embarrassing for me because I did something wrong. She's literally like- I just fucked up my- Oh, fuck my job. Yeah. <laughs> like, shit. So Lip comes downstairs and Fiona's surprised to see him. She didn't know that he was back. And she asks why. And he says, it's your birthday. Of course I'm back. And Fiona also apparently has a summer birthday, like in a later season. Time doesn't Time matter. Doesn't Birthdays matter. Doesn't, don't matter. Age doesn't matter. Nothing matters in this Well, show. because I remember people people all saying like Fiona is a canonical Leo. Yeah. She has a summer birthday. Yeah, because there's a, like, I feel like in the later seasons, like she 
throws herself like a party or whatever. Y'all, may I remind you, Carl and Debbie are now 12 and 13 while Ian is still 17 years old. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter on this show. So that what makes Lip and Mickey 19? Yeah, Lip and Mickey are the same age. Yeah. And that stays pretty consistent. Yeah. Mickey might be a year or two older than Lip because he probably got held back a few times. True. Um, he might, yeah. I think he's only one year older than Lip, but yeah. they're in the same grade. Not on this show. That shit doesn't matter. It's not nope. real. Anyway, <laughs> so V is excited that they can celebrate with Fiona. Um, they can celebrate her birthday. She's not going to be whisked away with Mike all night. So Carl comes downstairs and Fiona has to break the news that they are unfortunately back to bag lunches. Um, but then V throws out that if Mike wants to fire Fiona, he has to do it the official way and write the real reason on an HR form, quote, I terminated this employee because I was screwing her and then she started screwing my brother. To which everyone goes, you what? <laughs> and V's <laughs> like, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's like Lip and And, and Debbie Carl. and Carl. And they're all like, what? you did what? And I love v- V's face where she's like, oh, shit, I said that out loud, huh? Like V's like, V's just like, and doesn't she just, like, leave? <laughs> no, she's still there. Fiona comes to the conclusion that she's just going to go to the office and act like everything's normal because she needs the money. And she also doesn't think they could fire her over something that's, like, such a personal issue. It, like, has nothing to do with her actual performance. If they already allowed the rules to let a higher-up and, like, a small team member date, they probably have no rules. Yeah. About, like, yeah, what happens when they break yeah, up. Yeah, because, like... like it's, some, it's, like, it's such a personal issue that it's, like... Well, it has nothing to do with our performance. Yeah. yeah. But, like, you know how, like, Starbucks, though, like, baristas can date, but shifts and supervisors can't date. And you also can't live together, quote unquote. I did not. Yeah, know managers, that. like, people, if you're higher up than someone else, you can't be, like, affiliated with each other. That was, like, a thing. Oh, that's so, like, my friends back in the day, they, one was a supervisor, one was a barista. They started dating. So, like, one girl had to get transferred to a different store. That's crazy. Well, because it's really easy to take it out on somebody at oh, Starbucks yeah. if you're oh, shift yeah. and you're pissed at your barista significant other, you'll put them on the worst position. At the alibi in the apartment, Kev and Mickey are working out the details of the rub and tug. Mickey is in way over his head. He thinks that all they need are some sheets, something for the guys to lay on, and massage. Oil. That just sounds like a dungeon. Like, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. He's like he's got like a pile of mattresses from like the Salvation Army, and yeah, they're like, like the little like two inch mattresses, dude, for real. And then he's like, he's like, what, like sheets and abortions, Mickey, baby. No one is gonna want a massage mm-hmm. in these shitty conditions. Plus, the girls, he 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 admits that the girls are gonna make the same amount that they did at Sasha's. And these working conditions are much worse. Yeah. So Svetlana complains. Yeah, Svetlana's like, at least at Sasha's we had tables. We like, had- we have walls. We have AC. And Mickey tells her off. And then she leaves muttering in Russian. He's like, no, I love I love what he said to her. She's like, that's the same that we made at Sasha's. At least there we had walls. We had tables. And he's like, yeah, we learned an important lesson. Anyone can jerk a cock. I jerk mine. He jerks his. Learn a unique skill or shut the fuck up. <laughs> and she, and she, she walks away and she's like muttering in Russian. And he just goes, no one knows what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> also would like that noted. Those notes were not written down. I just remember every line. Amanda just has the mind of a master. Yeah. She just she pulled that out of the deep brain. <sighs> At the office, Fiona is walking in and she's scared shitless. It's like kind of quiet. Everyone seems pretty normal. Like some people wave to her like, "Morning, Fiona." And it seems like they don't know. Fiona makes it to her desk and she sits down and Connie, her like office manager, approaches her. And very solemnly asks Fiona to follow her. 
So Fiona's like, shit, it's she's happening. freaking she's out. She's like, yeah. I'm going to get fired. Her face is so, like, she's so sad. She's like, Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Connie leads her into the break room where, surprise, everyone is there and there's a cake for her birthday because it's Fiona's birthday, remember? <laughs> um, including Mike, who just sulks in the back but shows up to keep appearances. He's just, like, in the corner. And I will give Mike credit. Like, I will say, I... Like, this just further proves that I've never had a beef with Mike. He was nice to her. He was understanding about her family. He brought her into the family. He didn't immediately, he didn't give her shit at work about their personal stuff. He still, like, showed up for her birthday. And then in the next episode, he She'd does something really. Jail. Yeah, like, I've never in my life had a beef with Mike. Mike is good. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's a great guy. That was big. Fiona's just a shitty person and did him so dirty. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike leaves right after the candles are blown out. At the Milkovich house, Mandy is talking to Debbie about Ian. She says that she knows where he is, but that she doesn't want to tell the family because Ian would have told them if he wanted them to know. But she kind of tries to give give a little hint. She's, She's like, trying to, like, be the bestie. She's like, I'm trying to have my besties back, but I also, like, am worried about him. But I so also just... do want him to get some help. So she's, And his like, family is worried. So she asks what Debbie knows about Ian's sex life, and Debbie says that she knows that Ian's gay. But it's like, when did she find out? Yeah, wh- who told her? Did someone tell her? Like, well, or, like, did she see something? Because, like, Carl, Carl's not totally sure. No, yeah, because that one funny conversation with Jimmy. Is Mickey your boyfriend? Yeah. That's, that's, I feel like, when, like, when they come home and Mickey starts staying with them, that's when Carl's, like. Yeah, and then there's also that one callback (laughs) to when uh, Jimmy Steve is talking about his dad and Carl's, like, is Ian gay? And he's, like, no, 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 it's just a saying. I just, like, you put my cock in your mouth. Your dick's in my dad's mouth, yeah. And, and. But, like, yeah, who told Debbie? Because all we know who knows, basically, is Lip and Fiona. I think we just assume that Debbie figured it out. She just figured it out, I guess. Like. Homegirl's a snoop but, too. She probably found the porn. Yeah. Mandy says that there's an old, old meaning over 40 boyfriend of Ian's that she could ask if she, if like she could find out who he is. Mandy's like, Mandy's like, okay, I know there's this old guy who Ian like dated, but like, I don't know his name. Oh, we I do. Yeah. But I know that he's staying with But him. do we, do we know his name? Because is it Ned or is it Lloyd? Yeah. Is it Ned, Ned or is it Lloyd? His his real name's Ned, but he gave a fake name, which was Lloyd when he Sure. <laughs> so Debbie takes this information outside to Lip, who immediately knows that it's Jimmy's dad, Ned. And Debbie's confused, but Lip then explains like the bed incident uh, with, you And know, Debbie's like, Ian hooked up with Jimmy's dad? <laughs> and Lip's like, and Lip's like, yep. And then he tried to hook up with me. <laughs> So Lip calls 411 to get connected to Ned. Because isn't he like a doctor or something? So they were able to like connect him to his office. Yeah. So he just kind of called his practice. At Sheila's house, she invites Roger in and introduces him to Sammy and Chucky, who are sitting at the table with Frank. He apologizes for being late. He couldn't find anyone to watch the kids. Wait, kids? Yeah. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Um, Five young kids, Roger's nieces and nephews, follow him in. And Sheila is immediately smitten with them, especially the youngest girl. She's like seven. Oh, yeah. Sheila loves them immediately. Um, So Roger then lays out to Frank the specs of what they'll need for the lodge. And he also says they'll need some manpower to help. And unfortunately, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And he's like, we're going to need manpower because these kids are fucking useless. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, he's like, none of these kids want to help me out. And they're all just like on their phones (laughs) and have headphones in. At Cup World, Fiona knocks on Mike's door to offer him a piece of cake. And it's like, girl. Why would you do that? Like, to save face? Go. Wait for him to approach her, you. Like, it's not your time. But I think it was also her being like, am, do I still work here? Like, like yeah, yeah, for sure it was an olive branch, but it's like, girl, 
Girl, not the time. It was last night. Like, come on. Not the time. So she wants to talk privately, but Mike's not having it. Because it's like, she broke the, his number one rule. She lied to him. Not yeah. to mention, she cheated on him, which is exactly what his ex-wife did. And she tries to give him an explanation, but there really is like no is excuse. It? But she she does try to explain like what her thought process was. And she says that the reason she thinks she did it was to prove to herself that she doesn't deserve him or the job or his friends and his parents. And she doesn't deserve a stable life. And then she's like, in the end, I was right. And it's like, Fiona, the only reason you were right was because you did it to yourself. Like you consciously were like, you were like, I don't deserve this. Like, I'm like, like, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, girl, if you literally had some self-control, you would have, you would have gone. She wrote her own sob story. I love these characters that like know what their problem is. And if they just went to therapy <laughs> and talked about it, they could work their shit out. But instead they're just like, well, that's just who I am. It's a Gallagher thing. Well, then she's just fucking pitying herself. She's like trying to get him to pity her. Cause she's like, I was right. Like, I don't deserve it. And it's like, girl, you did this to yourself. Yeah, Come you on. are responsible for this. You could have prevented it not once, not twice, maybe even Three a third. Times. You went to his apartment. You went there. Like You could have called one- him. You could have texted him. You could have blocked his number. And guess what? She, 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 spoiler alert. She goes back. <laughs> yeah, like the one time, the heat of the moment thing in Mike's kitchen. Okay, cool. That could have happened to anybody. That was a, that was a just a tension building moment, whatever. But then you continued to do it. And allowed you it. Did that. Homegirl could have made a scene on the subway train. Well, it's also like she knows. She knows that Mike doesn't like his brother. She could have told him, hey, your brother's hitting on me. It's making me really uncomfortable. He wants to have sex with me. And Mike would have been like, okay, we're going to keep you away from him. Okay, we won't invite him to dinner four times in a row. Yeah, so, but he didn't know any of this. Because Fiona wasn't honest. Uh, Mike listens to her whole speech, but he doesn't pity her. He just kind of like waves her out of the office. And she asks if she's fired. And he says no. He's just transferring her to a different department. So he doesn't have to directly supervise her. And she's thankful for being able to keep her job. But then he does something like really interesting. He apologizes to her for not being more exciting. And it's like- And then she does that like laugh cry and I'm like, stop it. Yeah, it's like (laughs) at least he knows like, yeah, he isn't interesting, but he's like a good guy. Yeah. It's like, that's like him admitting he's like, you could have just told me that you weren't that into me. Like you could, like, we could have just done this. I would have transferred you over and it would have been done with. Like she didn't have to hurt him like that. Like from the get go, like, like not like. She didn't have to lie. Overanalyzing Fiona. Like we know so much about her putting out like all the time and especially like how the beginning of their relationship. She's like, oh, we haven't had sex yet. I'm nervous. And I'm like, no, it's because you don't like him and you don't care. Yeah. But I, sorry, Mike. I'm so sorry, Mike. You deserve better than this. We're sorry, Mike. We loved you. We care about you, Mike. He tells her to go and she leaves in tears. She's crying. And I'm like, girl, why are you crying? Like, you don't feel that bad. I mean, you feel bad, but you don't feel that bad. Another very slick opening the door transition. Ned opens his door to find Lip and Debbie. He recognizes them, but doesn't quite remember who they are. Like, he's like, oh, you're not the sushi delivery guy? Yeah. Like, Dude, don't He's I like, know I know I know you, but I don't know how I don't know I know you. you. And they're like, we're Ian's siblings. And it's like, because oh, he can't yeah, remember. Like, he can't remember the siblings of all of the teenagers he fucks. Like, right. he just. Well, but he what he does remember is that Ian's sister was involved with Jimmy. And so he says, 
Jimmy hasn't been in touch for a while. Well, duh. But Debbie says that they're not looking for Jimmy. They're looking for Ian. And Ned invites them in. Upon entering, they see Ned's new boy toy, Bruce, (laughs) who happens to look exactly like season three Ian with very short military style ginger hair. Mm -hmm. And he's wearing like a little Speedo. Yeah, so awkward. He looks just like, like lip clocks it. He's like, wow, you've got a type. Like He literally goes, yeah, he literally goes, you have a type. And Ned's like, what? Or no, Bruce Bruce is like, what? (laughs) Um, And this is when Shameless did like the best mix of comedy and drama because this part was fucking funny, dude. But the episode overall is like still very serious. And so it's like, I miss it. I miss the little jokes and the little laughs. And Ned then introduces Lip and Debbie as Ian's siblings. And Bruce does not seem that pleased to hear Ian's name. And they ask where they can find him. And Ned tells Lip and Debbie about Ian's time staying with them a few weeks ago. Apparently, Ned came home to find Ian having a huge party. So he kicked them out. He kicked them out because they destroyed a bunch of stuff. He's like, they broke my coffee table. They trashed my room. Like, I had to kick them mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And he's now living with Monica in some abandoned house. Um, and luckily Ned still has the address. And they're both just like Monica. I love the range of emotions that Lip goes through when he hears that information. He's like, he's staying with Monica. Oh, probably under a bridge somewhere. No, it's actually a house. I have the address. I can direct you to it. It's like, it was such like a, a little roller coaster ride of five seconds of information. Right. And Ned leaves to go get the address and Lip tells Debbie that he thinks she should go home and let him handle this on his own. And Debbie refuses. She's like, I'm not a little kid. And Lip's like, okay. But he's trying to do, he's doing the adult thing. He's like, okay, this was an adventure. We're looking for our brother. Monica's involved. Monica has hurt you before. Go home. Like, right. Like he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, every time we find Monica, we wish we hadn't. Yeah. So like, you should probably go. But Debbie's like, no, I'm in this. Looks like, okay. Yeah. At the alibi, Tommy complains about paying $50 for a handy. He says that he'd maybe pay 30 and Mickey says for 30 bucks, you can go jerk yourself off. <laughs> uh Mickey, V, and Kev discuss possible advertising. He says, we can get some meth heads to hand out flyers or something. And V says, and or V or Kev says, and pay them how? And Mickey goes, We don't. We'll just tell them we'll pay them. If they complain, we'll beat the shit out. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> As I love him though. I think this is where I got locked out of my house. I think between oh, no. these two scenes. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so back from my sabbatical. Over to Carl, who is siphoning gas from school buses. Why exactly? We, we don't, don't know. know. Let's just assume he does this. Like, he just does this. he's, he's going to sell the gas or something. Gas prices are high, whatever. Yeah. Um, he's approached by Frank, who enlists his help in building the sweat lodge. Carl is intrigued by the idea of a big fire. <laughs> his face lights up. When, when Frank says fire, he goes, fire? Like Frank then introduces Sammy to Carl, and Carl is unenthused says, I already got two sisters. And Frank's like, well, here's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy introduces Chucky to Uncle Carl and starts crying at how emotional it She's is. like, they even look alike. And no, they don't. No, they no, fucking they don't. don't. So Carl pulls Frank aside to say that Sammy's freaking him the fuck out. And Frank is like, okay, we'll split up. I'll take Sammy and you take Chucky and we'll split up the, the duties. Over to Lip and Debbie on the train. Lip asks Debbie about her breakup with Maddie. And she tells him that Matt said they couldn't date because she's a virgin. Total censorship of the actual reason. She doesn't say that Maddie was 20. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I know I know when Liv first meets Maddie, he's like, he's like, what are you, fucking like 24? <laughs> and Maddie's like, well. Um, yeah, we'll cover that in the next episode. It's so good. Yeah. So she tried to have sex with someone else, some kid from school, if you remember the last episode, but it didn't work. And he comforts her about the stress of sex when you're young. 
It's a really good Big Brother moment with him and her. It was really yeah. sweet. If if she was telling the truth, it would have sh- shook down differently. But like for what it was, for for the information she gave him, yeah. Um, around the back door of the alibi, Kev's taking the trash out when he's cornered by some of Alan's tennis buddies, and they're all like really big and burly. <laughs> and he's like, "Are you are you all gay?" And they're like, "What?" He's like, "No, no, no. I just I I want to know if you want a hand job. Do you like- want a hand job?" <laughs> and it's like just a little cutscene. Time jump. To, just to have a time jump. So outside of the house where Ian's staying, Lip and Debbie hesitate to go in. Because it's a shithole. It's a total, it is, yeah. It literally looks terrifying. It, it is, and the door's, op- the door's open and it looks abandoned. And it, it looks, looks like the It house. Yeah, it's a, it's a drug den, clearly. Yeah. Upstairs, they find Ian's camp, as indicated by the P. Gallagher army bag and a naked old lady who screams and threatens to shoot them. But they say that they're looking for Ian or Monica. She says that Monica doesn't live there anymore and that Ian's at work at the White Swallow in Boys Town. Woo, a gay bar. Debbie and Lip set off to Boys Town. Quick cut to Carl and Chucky sawing down saplings for the sweat lodge and they just happen to be all of the little, like, growing trees out in front of the police station. (laughs) They're, like, in, like, the individual potted plants. Yeah, which is a really nice touch. They're just all the police station's trees. (laughs) And the cop walks out and he's like, (laughs) or they're, like, they're, like, hiding. They're, like, hiding and the cop walks out and then they, like, peek out and run off with the trees <laughs> at the alibi alan's friends are all taking their turn getting hand jobs from mickey's girls and like it's it's like a weird like when they when they come back down after like getting the hand job all the guys are like <laughs> <laughs> and then they're and then kev's like all right who's next all right next one like go say i love in that scene mickey like leaning on the pool table like manning the door being the guy that brings the guys up oh i love businessman mickey i love him so much (laughs) oh well there's there's a part where kev is like okay v like go take the next guy up and 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 he's like he's like hey she's gonna take care of you and the guy's like like she's fine as hell and kev's like Mickey, go to like Mickey, go take him up instead. Like he's like, he's like, not her. She's not a prostitute. That's my wife. It's my pregnant wife. Yeah, and they're all just kind of like hanging out and drinking and making a shit ton of money from that. So Alan does get some of his rent from Kev, but not the he whole gives him like three hundred and fifty dollars. He's like, I'll give you more. And Alan's like, you know, the idea of men upstairs jizzing all over my dad's apartment just brings a little smile to my face. Yeah, like, he's like, he's like, it's fine. Oh, is. Is it later in the episode when Alan like brings all of his buddy and buddies and Kev's like, hey, how about a free, a free? Evan, that is literally the scene that just happened. Oh my God. I, (laughs) dude, I don't know what just happened. Evan had fucking short time. Yeah, sorry. I don't know what just happened to me. Yeah, that's the scene that we're talking about. I'm sorry. You can cut that out. My memory loss, cut that out. (laughs) I'm not cutting that out. (laughs) No, it was good. We'll keep it in. Um, the phone rings and V picks it up to Fiona on the other line. V warns Fiona that they'll be late for the party, but Fiona was actually calling to cancel because she had a shitty day. Uh, a knock at the door interrupts their call. Fiona yells for the person to just let themselves in. And she continues talking to V about their plans. And she gets like convinced to have this party. V's like, we'll bring over cheap alcohol, like real cheap and food. And a bucket of Doritos. Yeah. yeah. She hangs up and turns around to find Robbie. <laughs> In the living room. Nasty. Um, he wishes her a happy birthday and says that he was hoping they could celebrate together. And he drops a bag, like a little grand bag of Coke on the table as like a gift. I love it so much because she's so mad. And he's like, I brought Coke. Do you have a mirror? And she's like, oh yeah, one second. Oh, wait a minute. It's a bat. Like <laughs> It's a baseball bat. And so she busts out the bat. She threatens to beat on him. She's like already swinging and it's hidden shit. And he's like, whoa. 
<laughs> yeah, she chases him out, but the Coke stays on the table. And there's a moment where Fiona kind of just like looks at it. Chekhov's gun, girl. Yep. And now we're at the White Swallow. Speaking of drugs, yeah. Welcome to Boys Town. Debbie and Lip make their way in past a bunch of gay guys making out at the bar. They How did Ian. Debbie get in the door? Yeah. How, How did Debbie get in the door? <laughs> well, because then later the security guard's like, I definitely need some ID for you. And it's like, yeah, of course. She's like, fucking, how'd you get in? Like, Why weren't you at the door? Right. So maybe it's like a frat party where eventually they just like abandon the door. Yeah. At the bar, they spot Ian making drinks and he's sporting some new hair, some guyliner, a sparkly uniform, and he looks coked out as Oh, fuck. yeah. He looks so high. But he's got his little matching, matching haircut to our, to our boy Mickey. Yeah, but he looks, he looks sexy as hell. He looks so good. <laughs> he looks great. Especially with that guy liner. It was like, hey girl. A one up from that buzz cut. Yeah. yeah. Ian sees them and immediately goes over to greet them. And he's very high energy. And he says that he's only been working there for a few weeks. Then he offers them drinks. And when they decline, he starts to make them apple teenies mm-hmm. anyway. And like, even when they walked in, like they looked at him, they saw him see them. And then he had to like, continue to look at them a few more times. And she's like, does he know it's us? Like, well, he he did like a double take. Like he saw them and then he looked away and then he was like, wait. And he looked back and then she's like, do you think he knows it's us? And then he's like, oh my God, like you're like, He's you're like here. my family, like, my yeah. family. This is my brother and sister. This is my baby sister. And he starts telling everybody. He's like, he's like, this is family. This is my brother and sister. And they're all like, and all the other bartenders are like, okay. <laughs> I don't yeah. fucking care. Yeah. They try to talk to him, but he's kind of like dodging their questions. And they're like, where have you been? And he's like, oh, you know, like around. He's like, oh, I love this song. <laughs> and Lip mentions the MPs. Like they're like, they're like, hey, there's like MPs looking for you. And Ian's like, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's so out of it. It's so it's so upsetting to see. They're really trying to get through to him, but he's he's too high. Or so they I mean, he probably is coked out of shit, but it's like that's not all that's going on. Yeah. So Lip tries to pull Ian outside to talk, but Ian gets distracted and then Lip is stopped by security. Ian walks away so he can't vouch for them, and security kicks Debbie and Lip out. Debbie's concerned, but Lips says that he'll come back to check on him. They're like, at least we know where he is now. Like, I'll come back and check on him another time. It's late. Let's go home. They saw him. He's alive. He's not bleeding. Yeah. yeah. Like, he seems fine. If Albeit a little drugged out. At Sheila's house, she's serving the kids an authentic Native American dinner. They're just regular kids, though, like, who just, like, happen to live on the reservation. And they're, like, really not that into it. Yeah. And then they they trick her with, like, fake Indian spiritual names, like One-Eyed Snake and Stinking Wind, which is kind of cute. Really it's cute. like, oh, these kids playing a prank on this old, older lady. One of them like, just runs with poo. Sheila <sighs> takes it so seriously, too. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. she's trying to appreciate. Yeah, she's like, okay, like, if this is the culture, this is the culture. Like, she just totally <laughs> believes them. It's kind of cute. Outside, Roger and Frank work on the sweat lodge. Frank rolls him, Frank rolls up with like, or sorry, I screwed up. Roger and Carl are working on the sweat lodge outside. And then Frank rolls up with a group of buddies and Sammy coming from the alibi. Carl runs up to Frank, excited to show him his work, but he couldn't care less about all the effort Carl put in. I'd like to point out too that Carl calls him dad. He's like, dad, dad, look, look what I did, dad. And like, you know, they don't always call him dad. They usually call him Frank. So when they call him dad, I'm like, oh, that hurts. He's like, he's like, oh shit. It's like, well, cause well, Frank, Frank doesn't even catch it. He just brags about how amazing Sammy is and how they got all these people here to help. And Carl walks away, he's pretty disappointed. Uh, at the alibi, another satisfied customer comes bounding down the stairs. Kev gives Alan $350 and says that he'll get the rest in a few days. 
Oh, sorry. Why did we do yeah. that part earlier? Kevin and Mickey then take a shot together to celebrate, and a happy Kevin V leave to go celebrate Fiona's birthday. Another bartender we've never seen before is behind the bar to take over. It's not Paco. It's Tito, which is just like some other guy, I guess. Yeah. Um, back at Sheila's, the group is finishing up on the sweat lodge. Carl tries to ask Frank about how much he really cares for Sammy. And Frank says that Sammy is his last chance to, quote, get it right. And this, Carl's like, what do you mean? And it upsets him and he storms off. Really sad. And Roger and Frank just chalk it up to like kids hating adults and like everything they do. Cause he's like, he's like, I got five kids in there. I'm building a sweat lodge out here and they couldn't care less. But it's like, no, Carl really was interested. Yeah. Carl's dad just said to him that this grown woman is his last chance to get raising his kids right. Yeah. And Carl, and Carl's like 12. Like, come on. He's not fucking doomed. He's like, dude, I still have a whole fucking life. Right. Back at the Gallagher house, Kevin and Fiona both do lines of cocaine in the kitchen. V is dancing with Fiona and Liam. And then Carl comes home to celebrate. At the first, she's just holding like a bag of chips. <laughs> yeah, she's she's pregnant. She's heavily pregnant. So she's not drinking or doing drugs. And she brags about how much she loves Doritos. And she's shit. like, she's like, I love Doritos so much. Maybe I'll snort them. Like, yeah. With like a chip under her nose. I love her. <laughs> Carl plays with Liam in the background as V and Fiona dance. It's just kind of like a, like a montage. A it's like bit. a fun, happy yeah. time. So like, yeah, I'd like to say we do see Liam in the living room with them in this moment of the party. But like with, like not left alone. He's with yeah. other people. Debbie and Lip are outside coming in with a cake that they picked up on their way home. Before they go in, Lip stops Debbie and thanks her for coming with him. And she says thanks to Lip for letting her come with uh, When they had actual brother-sister moments. That was a good moment. I really enjoyed their like scenes together because I feel like yeah. we really don't get a lot of them brother-sister, like older and younger for a while after this. Yeah. Um, Debbie and Lip come in and greet Fiona Debbie goes to the kitchen to put the cake down and Lip and Fiona chat a little bit. And she's like, where have you been all day? And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll tell you later. And Fiona's excited to tell him that she's keeping her job. Their celebration is cut short when Debbie screams for Fiona from the kitchen. They run in to find Liam unconscious on the ground, coke all over his face and everything stops. Yeah, like the trajectory of that scene. It's like party, party, party. <gasps> it's like all the air got sucked out of the room. And he's just like laying in a pile of laundry. Like immediate, immediately when Debbie goes, Fiona! And like, just like everything stops. Shift change. And they're like, oh my God, oh my God. They call 911. Moments later, the paramedics are in the kitchen trying to help. His blood pressure and heart rate are crazy high because that's what cocaine does to you in general. Um, and the paramedics can't tell Fiona whether or not he'll be okay. And they ask, they're like, what happened to him? And she's like, my Coke, he got into my Coke. That's what happened. Cause like- And they're like, they're like half a gram, maybe more. Yeah. Cause she's not even thinking. She's like, I'm going to be honest with the paramedics. So they know what the fuck is happening with Liam. What is going on? Yeah. Well, that's also like what you're supposed to do. Like you're like, no matter what, like you call the paramedics. So yeah. Lying to them will only hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also part of like what makes her case actually worth it is that they're like, they don't have much of a case for child endangerment. I mean, they do, but like, they don't have like malicious intent because you called the paramedics. Like you care. Yeah. yeah. So they take him out to the ambulance and it's absolutely heartbreaking. Fiona climbs in to ride with him and the rest of the family watches as they drive off. And Kev goes to grab the truck so they can follow. Back at the sweat lodge, Roger leads them in a cleansing ceremony. And from outside, Tony the cop is- Hey, dang. Tony's like, Tony's like, Frank, like, where is he? And he peeks in and he's like, hey, like, where's Frank? I need, I, it's about his son, Liam. And the group looks to Frank, who is unconscious. He's like slumped not, yeah, over. Not looking well. 
nope, and he's covered in sweat. Probably not good for him to be in a sweat lodge. At the hospital, the family waits for news on Liam. Lip paces in the hallway and the cops won't let Fiona into the room. A nurse comes by and Fiona desperately tries to get answers and the nurse says that someone will be out to talk to her. Immediately after, Fiona is approached by a cop and arrested for child endangerment and she's taken away. Everyone follows her out except Lip who just watches. Yeah. And Fiona's taken into a cop car as the family kind of like like at the wind they're like on the at the window like trying to follow yeah. her and it's like it's like a head spinning moment too it's like the chaos that's in the that's in the hospital they're like what's going on with liam can i have some information and the cop takes her and it's just like the chaos of everybody in the room and like her being led away and the chaos of everybody following her and the stillness of lip just mm-hmm. like standing there as that all walks away oh so good yeah it's it's a lot in quick succession so as they drive away it all starts to sink in for for Fiona and she does the classic Emmy cry face. Mm. All teeth, all teeth that cry face. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the end of the episode. There's no end credit scene and the end song is The Story of My Life by The Diner. Other honorable song mentions go to Don't Blow It by Eyes Lips Eyes and Dirty Work by Sydney Weezer. Dirty Work is the song, Dirty Work I think is the song when Lip comes to talk to Mickey. Nice. Yeah. This episode, Ooh, that thoughts, last five guys? minutes, really thoughts? a doozy. It is. It's fucking head spinning. It's insane. Like so much of this episode was like searching, 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 figuring out what's going on, and it's like little, 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 and then the end is like boom. Mm. It's a, it's an explosion of activity, and I love. I also love the color grading in this season. It's all gray blue, like the whole thing. It's like so slate gray blue, and the next episode is so cold. Like it's it, so I know dark. It's like wintertime, and it's supposed to be cold, but like it's so cold. Such a good episode. It really just like sets up how like all the pace of the fi- rest of the season. It yeah. changed the game. Yeah. And I also, again, I want to say, like I said last week with like the Mickey storyline, like, yes, Mickey was briefly consulted about, do you know where Ian is? And like, he was briefly in the like, where is Ian storyline? But then independently, he's like, oh, I also have my own fucking storyline happening over here with Kev. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that for him. Right. And then we don't, we don't revisit Ian until after the next episode, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of the next episode, we're about to go record that. Are you guys excited? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Wait, do, do we have do we have anything else to say about this? Well, we have to we have to do an outro. You know, we have to plug we have to plug our things. But do we have anything else you guys want to say about this particular episode? It's just big. Big. It's it's part one. It's part one of a two parter. Like it's you know, four oh six is the definite second part of this. They definitely should have been aired as like a two hour block. Oh yeah, because they do fit together so well. Yeah, we I don't, I don't think, sh- think we even knew that when we settled down to do it. We're just like, let's try to do two. And it's these it's these two. two. I, you know what, though? I think like a two hour block would have been weird because it is like the suspense is part of the part of the appeal is like, yeah. oh, shit. And then you have a week to wait. It's the it's the what is happening with Ian. It's the is Liam going to be okay? It's the Fiona's been arrested. It's like the ah chaos. Yeah. Like, where do we go from here? Yeah. So for all of you listening... 406 will be coming out two weeks from now, but for us, we're going to cover it. <laughs> you guys have to wait, but we're about to do it in like five minutes. Yep. Yes, we are. But this, God, 405, I like, I think I had, I had in my brain that 406 was like the big, big one. But then Lena texted the group chat when she was doing these notes and she was like, 405, <laughs> man. I was like, oh fuck, it's happening so soon. Like it's big. It's well, big. Because it's just like all, all of the storylines that they've been setting up in the first 
part of the season, even in those really, really weak episodes that we were talking about, like still great episodes, but the weaker ones, 401 and 402, it's like they planted the seeds. Yeah. And this is mid-season. They're like, we're coming up a mid-season. Let's do a fucking bomb. Like, yep. And I, we love it so much. And we're, we're so fucking excited to get into 406. Oh, yeah. so let's just get into 406. So let's get out of this one. Right. Let's, let's plug all of our, our things. If you want some stickers, either the old design or the new design, the lovely Lena design. Or maybe both. Or maybe both. Uh, hit us up on our Instagram, uh, luckwehadpod, or our Twitter, luckwehadpod, or email us at luckwehadpod at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts, comments, questions about these episodes. Tell us what you think. We want to talk to you guys. We love talking to you guys. If you want to follow me personally, you can follow my Instagram at abnormalamanda. 18 you can follow my twitter at abnormal amanda you can follow my tiktok at abnormal amanda underscore 18 y'all where can they find you you can find me on instagram at i'm okay 4000 or you can find me on tiktok at unevent um alina where can they find you You can find me on twitter at durs holmvik but the l is an i just like the character from workaholics you can find me on instagram at kojak at c-o-j-a-c-k-k additionally we are discussing some big things to come for this podcast so stay tuned for those it will be announced when we have the thing to announce but we are you know we're working on stuff we're working on working on it um thank you somebody actually uh donated to our ko-fi this week which was very very sweet if you guys want to buy us a coffee donate to our ko-fi it literally just helps us pay for the subscription that we have to pay for every year to host this podcast um, and we appreciate all of your support there. The link to our website can be found in our Twitter and our Instagram bios. And we appreciate your support and we want to hear from you guys. So message us and let us know what you're looking forward to in episode 406 because it's two weeks for you guys, but it's mere <laughs> moments for us. I feel like God. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go do our godly work. Let's get out of here and into the next one until... 406 everybody goodbye bye goodbye